All right, open your Bibles to Luke, the first chapter. Luke's gospel, the first chapter. I um, titled this message very simply, God Answers Prayer. Say that out loud. Say it like you mean it. Amen. Amen. He really does. In Luke, the first chapter is a story there, and I'm going to begin reading. We'll read the first uh, verse 5 through 6 on Luke 1. Let's go there. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the course of Abiah, and his wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. Amen. All right. Now the Bible says, well, let's go on for a moment. The Bible says they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. So we find out a couple of things here about these two. They were, uh, we, we find out that uh, as we go on that um, uh, they were older in their age. He was a priest after the order of Aaron, the high priest. He, his family, uh, you know, there was Aaron and then family and family and family and family came up. Oh, here's one of the great greats uh, of, of, uh, of Aaron, uh, the uh, priesthood of Aaron. And so he was a priest. And he, his job was that he was to serve in the house of God. And... Um, uh, which he did full, which he did his whole life, and um, um, they were not ordinary Jews. These two, in fact, it's interesting. During this period, almost like today, during the period that period, uh, Israel overall had become very um, uh, lukewarm when it comes to the things of God. I think that um, they had come to a point in their lives where what had been handed down to them concerning a coming Messiah. Uh, it was hard for them to fit it into their uh, today's vernacular and into today's culture uh, of their day. And so they decided, hey, you know, uh, some of the things we learned probably was just propaganda, things, you know, that don't uh, pertain to us uh, in the days we live in. And therefore, they let us just simply do as the world around us is doing, enjoy life, enjoy the pleasures of life, and just whatever comes, comes. And that's what was the attitude. But not in the case of Zechariah and his wife Elizabeth. The Bible says that these two were righteous. They had lived their entire lives. Now, we'll find out that they're older now. But they'd lived their entire lives, listen, consecrated and dedicated to the coming of the Messiah. They recognized, how many recognize that you need a Messiah in your life? And we know who he is, is Jesus. He's already come. But in their case, he hadn't come yet. So 4,000 years, or actually 3,000 years that have been handed down to every generation that the Messiah was coming, now they have held on to that their entire lives. These two have. And the message Bible says in verse 6, together they lived honorably before God, careful in keeping the ways of the, uh, to the ways of the commandments and enjoying, I love this part, enjoying a clear conscience before God. And here's two people, they're not even born again. And yet they were so dedicated to what God had promised regarding the Messiah that they had never let go of that their entire lives. Verse 7, the, uh, this is amplified. They had no child, for Elizabeth was barren, and both were far advanced. The King James says, well stricken in years. And we don't know how old they were. It doesn't matter. They were too old to have children. It could have been in their 80s, most likely probably in their 80s or 90s and and uh, had spent their entire lives serving God, listen, without one of their specific prayers being answered. Um, their window of opportunity for this specific prayer regarding a child that they had been believing for was long gone. 
Can you imagine a 60-year prayer that had gone unanswered, and yet in that, in all of that time, these two never got offended at God. These two didn't stop serving God. They, they, they never, they, they remained loyal to God. They, re, they remained, um, uh, they, they kept their faith in God, their love for God, their devotion to God, and also their service in God's house. They, they kept all that together. Listen, which actually was setting them up for the supernatural, and they didn't know it. How many want to be set up for the supernatural? Seriously, they, they were being set up for the supernatural and didn't even know it. In other words, they weren't serving God for any other reason than they knew they needed a Messiah. And so they wanted to stay faithful to God no matter what. Verse 8, uh, this is the Living Bible. One day, as Zacharias was going about his work in the temple, for his division was on a duty that, for his division was on duty that week. You got to remember now, there were many priests. He was just one of them. In fact, they had to take, they had to oversee thousands of Jews. And so there were many priests, but his lot of priests that he was involved with, it was their duty uh, that week to, to serve. The honor fell on him to, to him by lot to enter the inner sanctuary and burn incense before the Lord. Meanwhile, a great crowd stood outside in the temple praying as they always did during that part of the service when the incense was being burned. I wrote this down. Two explosive forces coming together that day. Listen, personal prayer and united prayer. Now, think about this. They were praying as they always had. So, what were they praying that day? Well, it's very possible what they were praying was that uh, he on the inside, because he was burning incense, again, remember this, the altar of incense was where they would literally put incense on the altar because blood had been shed for the sins of the world, and in, in type and shadow, the incense covered the stench of Israel's sins. Catch that? The incense covered the stench. So he's up there, incense, and what is he doing? He's burning incense, and what is he doing? He's praying over Israel. I'm sure he's praying over the spiritual condition of Israel. I'm sure he's praying for his friends and his family. He's praying for all sorts of things in his life. As the, and at the same time, listen, the people on the outside are praying that Zachariah's prayers will be heard and fulfilled. Isn't that cool? So there was united prayer. There was uh, uh, individual prayer, and there was united prayer. Okay, let's go to verse 11. Now, and there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. Well, it would, he freaked out. Anybody would freak out if you were praying. I told the Lord one day, if you're going to do that at 2.30 in the morning when I'm down here all by myself, could you forewarn me? If, like, you're just going to show up. Because that would scare anybody. Because that had never happened before in Zacharias' life. And an angel shows up, and the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard. When I read that, that so jumped out of me, for thy prayer is heard. And I'm sure going through the mind of Zechariah was, what prayer? What prayer? What do you mean, what prayer has been heard? I have been praying for 80, I've been praying since I was a kid. I've been praying all these years. I've been praying over so many different things. In fact, he says, I've been praying over our family. I've been praying over our friends. I've been praying over... Um, People that have been sick, I've been praying over so many things. So what do you mean? Your prayer, I've, I've heard your prayer. What, what prayer? 
I've got prayers that I don't remember I've prayed. And he was probably saying, and I've got prayers that I set aside years ago. So what prayer are you talking about? So the angel answers. And he says, he says, thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. What I thought was amazing is what might have been going through that mind of Zacharias. You mean something I let go of 30 years ago? God, you remember? God never, God never forgets one prayer that you pray. God never forgets one prayer that you lift up to him. Come on, get excited about that. Not one prayer. He never forgets one. Let's go to verse 14. And thou shalt have joy and glad. Oh, excuse me. And thy wife shall bear a son. Right, verse 14. Thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. And he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. And many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God. He shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. You talk about a great calling. So we know from, we, we know, we know, oh, let me read the Amplified because that was really cool. I put it down here for that purpose because of, of, um, of the words. He, John, talking about the Baptist, he will turn back and cause to return many of the sons of Israel to the Lord their God. I'm going to agree that that's a great calling. Watch this. And he will himself go before him, Jesus, in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn back the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient and the incredulous and unpersuadable to the wisdom of the upright, which is the knowledge and holy love of the will of God. In order to make ready for the Lord a people perfectly prepared in spirit, adjusted and disposed and placed in the right moral state. I mean, just, you got to stop and really chew on what he's saying there. He said, I'm going to get a people that are going to be so excited about the things of God. They're going to get so compassionate about my plans and purposes that they're not going to let go of them. That's just, this is, this is what he's saying there. So now, from this scripture, we can tell now that little Johnny isn't going to be in secular business when he grows up. He's got a divine call in his life to fulfill the will of God. How many want to fulfill the will of God in your life? Amen. But he had a specific, listen to me. Here's little Johnny fulfilling what Isaiah had prophesied about him 730 years earlier. Now, this little guy in the arms of his mother is going to prepare. Listen, he's going to have a ministry to prepare for the coming of the Lord. So that's what the message was. Prepare you the way of the Lord, his message was. Prepare you the way of the Lord. Repent. Turn it back. Uh, turn around and seek the face of God. That was his message. Listen, his ministry only lasted six months. God prepared him for his six-month ministry. Isn't that amazing? But he fulfilled it. The Bible says that he, he was, um, Jesus called him one of the greatest prophets, or actually the greatest prophet. So, in the midst of all this, guess what's going on? Here you got two elderly people that get a prayer answered. They got their prayer answered. They had spent their entire life serving God, devoted to God, loving God, serving in his house without a prayer, without that specific prayer being answered, but were being set up for something supernatural, which, of course, came in the birth of their son. I wrote this down. That was interesting. What they set aside, God held inside. Write that down. What God, what they set aside, God held inside. 
And in time, because they stayed faithful to God, listen, God performed the impossible because they stayed with God. Then I wrote this down. What you, I'm not sure what it says, what we set aside, God holds inside. Isn't that beautiful? What we set aside, God holds inside. Come on. Work with me for a little bit here. Think about this because there are times when we are praying and we're not getting answers to our prayer. So what do you do? You don't give up on God, but you set that aside and trust God that in his timing it's going to come to pass. Can I have an amen? So you keep your faith in God, but you have, you've set that aside. You're not using any type of manipulation, you know, to try to make something happen. Why? Because when you do, you end up with an Ishmael like Abraham did. So you set it aside. You trust God and you go on serving him, you go on being devoted to him, devoted to, like these two were, serving in the house of God no matter what, and praise God, what they were believing for came to pass. Amen. I thought this was interesting. Just think, 300 and, 360 messianic prophecies all cul culminating together the moment that Mary said to Gabriel, she said, behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to your word. And all of that, all of those prophecies, 360 Messianic prophecies in the Old Testament came together in the birth, in the virgin birth, all because God keeps his word. Listen, that promise God incubated inside his heart for 4,000 4, years. The moment he said to, say, uh, to Satan, the seed of the woman is going to crush your head, he held on to that promise for 4,000 years. How many glad that God doesn't grow weary in well-doing? He doesn't. So it is with you. Say God answers prayer. Say God answers my prayers. He really does. It's, uh, I, yes. Oh, please. Absolutely, darling. Uh, what I think is cool there in what you're saying is that there prayer that they'd been praying all those years to have a son was answered when they prayed it. But God knew it was, that son would be for a specific time and purpose. And because of the virtues that them two held, it says they were both righteous before God. They were both walking in the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, and they were blameless. And so they had the virtues of a couple that God could choose out and say, I have to have the forerunner to the Messiah. And that's why he was born just, what, six months before Jesus. But just like Mary, she was virtuous. She was a worshiper of God. She was blameless before God. And God chose her too. Her, hers was a very hard thing. But God answers their prayer to have a son. They didn't know when it would happen, but God did. And even though they were well stricken in years, and you'd think, now the time's over, we won't have a son, but God had that son held for a specific time because he had a specific call and a specific purpose. Sometimes our prayers, we, wanna, we want it now, 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 you know? But as we walk upright... And we walk bold in the promises and bold in the, in the commandments and ordinances of God. The things that we pray, 
are still at work in the spirit realm and to come to pass. Amen? Thank you. Yeah, you know, and thank you. You know, when God makes a promise like that, you know, it's coming to pass. But he does have to have somebody to work with. Amen? M meaning they never, let go of, they never let go of that prayer, but neither did they get obsessed with it not, obsessed with it not coming in their time frame. They trusted God. That's what I mean by setting aside. They didn't let it go. They just simply rested, set it aside in the sense of trusting God and God's timing. And, and just think about this. The older they got, the farther away that promise got in the natural. I said in the natural. And that sometimes you think, oh, yeah, but not in the spirit. Brother Hagen taught us years ago, if you're, willing to, if you're willing to wait forever, it won't take so long. And, yeah, that's really true. And I'll just give you one more example here, and then we'll pray. In uh, two examples. First Samuel 3rd, I'm talking about God answers prayer. And first Samuel, the 30th chapter, we won't turn there. I just want to tell you the story. And you know that, uh, um, that um, uh, David was um, running from uh, the king who was trying to kill him. So he ends up joining the Philistines and ends up in a city called Ziklag. Of course, the word Ziklag in the Hebrew means, means um, uh, city of grief. Uh, and um, that's what it means, city of grief. And so while he's out battling, of course, you know the story that the enemies came in and completely burnt the whole city down and took captive their families and their, their, their wives and their children. Now, in those days, and it's, it's the same today in some of these uh, third world evil countries, is that they rape the women, uh, uh, even the young women, and that they kill uh, the boys. I mean, it's just such cruelty. And so that's what was going on. So they don't know. David and his men come back, and they ain't got a clue, uh, you know, the outcome of the... All they know is that the city is wiped out and their families are taken uh, captive. And what was so beautiful is that David, the Bible says, really encourages himself in the Lord. Well, how do you do that in a situation like that? You have to simply rehearse some of the things that God has already brought you through. Raise your hand if God's brought you through some things. Yeah, you just simply, yeah, you just simply rehearse that and say, God, we did this before. I'm trusting you'll do it again. Because it was a dismal situation. It was bad. In fact, it was so bad that his own warrior, his own military men wanted to kill him. And so he goes before God and he prays. And uh, verse 8, I just wrote this down, so you don't have to turn there. The Bible says, David inquired of the Lord, saying, Lord, shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And the Lord answered. Say, the Lord answered. Say it again. Wow. The Lord answered him. And the Bible says, pursue, for you shall surely overtake them, and without fail, recover all. Praise God, that was it. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. Now, he had to believe that word and carry it out, and of course he did, and he, they did recover it all. But the thing I want you to see, that God answered. Say, God answers prayer. Amen. In Second Chronicles 20, another story, another story in, in about um, um, the children of Israel finding themselves being attacked, uh, finding the, themselves under attack by three different nations. And so what does Jehoshaphat do? He goes to prayer. He calls every family, calls all, everyone together, and they begin to pray and seek the heart of God. In verse 5, this is a New Living Translation, it says this, Jehoshaphat stood before the community of Judah and Jerusalem in front of the new courtyard at the temple of the Lord, and he prayed. Say, he prayed. Amen. O Lord, God of our ancestors, you alone are the God who is in heaven, and you are ruler of all the kings of the earth. You are powerful and mighty. 
I just love this. I mean, listen to what he's saying. Lord, God of our ancestors, you alone are the God of who's in heaven. You are the ruler of all the kingdoms of the earth. You are powerful and mighty. No one can stand against you. Oh, our God, did you not drive out these who lived in this land when your people, Israel, arrived? Did you, you did, you, you, did you not give this land forever, forever to the descendants of your friend Abraham? Your people settled here. They built this temple to honor your name. They said, they declared, whenever we are faced with any calamity such as war, plague, or famine, we come to stand in your presence before this temple where your name is honored, and we can cry out to you to save us, and you will hear us and rescue us. Does that sound like a declaring faith? Praise God. They're just... Verse 13, as all the men of Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, wives, and children, the Spirit of the Lord came upon one of the men standing there. His name was Jehaziel, son of Zechariah. In verse 15, now he said, now listen. All you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Now listen, King Jehoshaphat. This is what the Lord says. Now God's speaking. Do not be afraid. Don't be discouraged by this mighty army. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Say the battle is not mine, but God's. Amen. It is. Tomorrow, so he gives them, a, he gives them exactly what they needed to do. He goes on and says, take your positions. And I wrote down, what position? Of faith and obedience to my word. And then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. He's with you, O people of Judah and Jerusalem, O members of Faith Family Church. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Go out against them tomorrow, for the Lord is with you. Then King Joseph bowed with his face to the ground, and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem all did the same. They worshiped God. So here, God answers their prayer. But not only did God answer their prayer, they ended up in a place called the Valley of uh, Barakah. And that word in the Hebrew means blessing. And they've collected, come three days to collect all of the all of the increase that came from that victory. So I'm just telling you right now, every time you're facing a battle, always remember, God answers prayer, and every time you get the victory, there will be prosperity on the other end of that battle. Can I have an amen? So I just wanted to encourage you tonight. We'll pick this up. Some people always say, how come it takes so long sometimes to get your prayers answered? Well, I'll give you some examples. Abraham waited 25 years. Listen. He was willing to wait 25 years. Listen to this. Joshua and Caleb were willing to wait 40 years. 40 years. Never gave up on God. Not once in those 40 years. Um, you had David waited 13 years. Endured tough times for 13. Joseph endured such hardship for 13 years before he saw the breakthrough and the blessing that God for, had for him in his life. So I just wanted to encourage you, not that I'm trying to you know, put a time frame in anything. I just want you to know that when we're trusting God, his timeline is not always our timeline. We just have to keep walking with him, not trying to manipulate him, not trying to coerce him into something, but just be humble before him. Uh, uh, keep, uh, keep yourself, your heart broken before him. I mean, keep open and tender to him. Stay humble, and God will, God will answer your prayers um, in his allotted time. Can I have an Amen. So I wanted to pray for you tonight. I want to pray for, you know, for, for the weekend. But I wanted to pray for you tonight. Bow your head if you would just for a moment. And um, I don't know if we got any music you can just put on uh, something. Um, but I just wanted to pray for you tonight because, as Jesse said, you know, this is a hard time of year for, for a lot of people. Uh, it is. It's a hard time of year for many people. Uh, it's um, because a lot of time, to, in, today's, in today's world, 
there's so many broken families, broken relationships. There's so many, you know, dysfunctional situations. And so a lot of times it's not a happy time for people. Uh, and, and, uh, and yet it should be for every Christian because of what Jesus did for us. Can I have an amen? That he was willing to come to earth, willing to take on a body like ours and become a sacrifice for our sins. And I praise him every day for that. But I wanted to pray for you in regards to maybe you're believing God for, for answered prayer in a situation. And, uh, and tonight, I don't even have to know it. I just will agree with you tonight. I'll just agree with you tonight for that prayer to be answered. And um, so if, you, if you're one of them, you say, Pastor, you pray for me because I'm standing in faith for a situation and um, I'm, uh, I want you to mix your faith with me. Just lift your hand. I'll pray with you. Any, many, many hands. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate your being honest. Uh, and when I say that, um, I don't say that um, sarcastically. If you're willing to wait forever, it won't take so long. But sometimes you have to be that way. You just have to say, God, I'm trusting in you. There's, no, there's nothing else. We can't, have, we can't trust in the arm of the flesh because there's nothing there. We trust in God. Say, I'm trusting in God. Amen. Can you all lift your hands towards heaven? Father, I pray tonight for each and every one that raised their hands, but we all do tonight, God. We raise our hands to you, surrendering our hearts to you. And Lord, for those tonight really needing breakthrough, they're really needing some direction, I'm asking you, sir, to give the direction to them that they need. I'm asking God in the coming days, God, that you'll at least give them affirmations, confirmations, that they'll know that you're working behind the scenes. But God, right now we give you praise that you are working behind the scenes. Come on, everybody, give them, give them vocal praise that he's working behind the scenes. Well, God, we're trusting you, Father. You are not a God, you're not a man that you should lie. The things that you've declared, you promised to fulfill, we accept that by faith in Jesus' name. And Father, I'm praying for those, God, that really are this time of year needing financial breakthrough. God, I'm asking you to bless, I'm asking you to bless them in Jesus' precious name. Father, that God blesses will come from unexpected resources, Father. Come on, lift your hands and give him praise for that. And Father, those that are believing for direction, I pray, God, that you will give them the direction they're looking for. And God, I'm trusting you, God, for open doors, for breakthrough, for each and every one of our families, even for those, God, tonight that are not sitting right here, but Maybe they're practicing tonight that, God, their prayers will be answered. Father, we're trusting you with our lives. We're trusting you with, with our families. We're trusting you with business. We're trusting you with our finances. Come on, everybody, give him praise. So, God, thank you tonight. God, thank you that you answer prayers, and our faith is in you. We'll stay devoted to you no matter what. And we thank you for it in Jesus' precious name. And, Father, we pray right now over this weekend, God. Just begin to pray in the Spirit if you know how to pray. We pray right now, God, even as we prayed Monday over the auditorium, we, Father, we pray that everyone that steps through the doors of this church, God, your grace will abound, your love will abound, your mercy will abound towards them in Jesus' name. God, we are claiming at least 500 souls to come into the saving knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And Father, I praise you, God, that every sound of every instrument, every sound of every, every word sung, God, will be anointed by your Spirit. We are believing for a heavy anointing, God, to be upon each and every performance, God, Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday night, God. God, your name would be glorified, and God, new precious sinners will come in to the saving knowledge of our Lord. God, thank you. And Father, I pray that you will enrich everyone, God, 
of our church family that have put all the hours and the workload into making this um, weekend possible. And Father, we thank you now for that in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Give God a good shout tonight. Praise the Lord. Amen. Say God answers prayer.